Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for July 12th, 2023. And on today's episode, we're going to be going over the Cowboys offensive line. We're going to be breaking down that unit. And we're also going to be having some words for Mr. Craig Carton. He said some really disrespectful stuff about Dak Prescott. And I just feel some of these things need to be checked. So we will be checking him at the end of the episode. But before we get into the episode, if you are watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up as well. That would be greatly appreciated. If you're listening this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever it may be. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And let's get into it. Let's get into this offensive line for the Cowboys. So last season, they did struggle a bit when it came to pass protection. I thought that they were very good in run blocking, especially when Terrence Steele was in the lineup. But I think that this is a good offensive line when they're healthy. The problem is last season, they couldn't stay healthy. There was always somebody out for this offensive line. Like when you we went into last season, we thought that the starting offensive line would be Tyron, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotic, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. Not once throughout the course of the season did we have that offensive line uh, lineup. So that just tells you, uh, you know, the injury luck that the Cowboys had on the offensive line last year. They even lost backups, right? Like Connor McGovern got hurt as well throughout the course of the season. And they had to bring in Matt Forniak. So, you know, shuffling guys in and out, moving guys from one position to the offensive line to another position. That's something that I hope the Cowboys move away from. And that's the thing when it comes to playing your best offensive lineman. Here's the problem. I understand why they want to do that. But here's the thing. If you have a guy who plays left tackle playing right tackle, he's not going to be good at right. He's not going to be as good at right tackle as he is at left tackle. So there might be a backup right tackle that's better than that left tackle at right tackle. You know, I'm not saying, for instance, I'm not like making a comparison to this team. I'm just saying in general, there are situations where that happens. You know, just because they're good at one position doesn't mean that they're going to be better than an inferior talent at another position, if you get what I'm saying. So that's my problem with playing the best five guys, you know, because there's this uh, there's this story out there that Terrence Steele could potentially be playing left guard. I think that it's ridiculous. I don't think it's true. And if that happens, I think that that's malpractice on the Cowboys. And I think that everybody on that offensive staff needs to be fired. Um, no, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance, but I mean, that's just ridiculous in, in my eyes. Terrence Steele, you're, you're going to move somebody from the right side of the line who plays tackle to the left side of the line that plays guard. It's It would be a horrible idea. We'll get into that more when it comes to Terrence Steele, when we get into Terrence Steele. But yeah, this is a good unit when they're healthy. This is, this is definitely a good unit when they're healthy. If they can stay 80% healthy, just give me 80%. 
Give me 80% this year, and this is going to be a top five to top 10 offensive line unit. I truly believe that. And I think uh, with this new offensive coaching staff, they're going to put the offensive line in the best position to succeed. Because there were times last season where, okay, you know, Terrence Steele gets injured, uh, and they put Josh Ball in against the Texans. Well, they leave Josh Ball on an island, and he absolutely sinks. You know, so it's stuff like that that I think that the new offensive coaching staff is going to try to prevent. They're going to try to prevent putting uh, guys in precarious situations. So um, I think that this offensive line needs to add depth, though. I think they do. You know, Matt Wolesko is their swing tackle. But other than that, I mean, Awesome Richards might be a, a guard tackle flex type of guy. I, I, I don't feel great about this unit if somebody goes down on this offensive line. I think there there are probably some guys out there on the market that would be better than some of the guys that we have backing up, you know, some of these offensive linemen. Like Josh Ball, he, he shouldn't be on this team. Josh Ball should not be on this team. He's not good. Move on from the guy. Get a guy with some experience. Get a guy who can actually play in the NFL because Josh Ball cannot play in the NFL. We've seen this now. How long are they going to hold out on this guy? He's not good. Move on. Move on to somebody who can actually contribute to your team. You know, and, and here's the thing, right? Like when Josh Ball got caught upon last year, he, he wasn't good. I mean, he was actually, you want to know what's funny? I actually thought that he was a very solid run blocker, but as a pass protector, I mean, uh, there was a play versus Houston where Dak threw an interception because t- uh, Josh Ball got blown off the ball. So, you know, if, if he's not going to be good enough to put in the game, you are wasting a roster spot. Move on from the guy. Move on from the guy, seriously. Um, There is a question mark on the left side of the offensive line, but I also think that that question mark can easily be solved if they just assign Tower Smith a a sole position, which to me should be left guard. Again, we'll get into that when we talk about Tyler Smith, Um, because then at that point, you're just worried about a backup left tackle, which I think the Cowboys can find an answer for. Um, maybe it's Matt Wetzko. Maybe it's a guy on the free agent market. I don't know. But, you know, um, that is definitely a question mark. I think they're probably going to do more of a zone blocking scheme instead of a man blocking scheme. I think that this would actually really help the Cowboys, especially when it comes to their run game. I think that they have an offensive line that can get out and move, especially when you look at guys like Tyler Smith, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. Those guys can move for their size, and I think that a zone blocking scheme would uh, greatly help this offensive line compared to a man blocking scheme. So that's uh, what I have right now for the offensive line just as a whole. I want to get into later on in the episode why they struggled in pass protection after we dive into into each one of these offensive linemen. Let's start on the left side of the offensive line with Tyron Smith. So Tyron Smith is one of my favorite Cowboys of all time. This guy has been a fantastic left tackle for this team over the past decade. I mean, granted, over the past few years here, he has missed some time, but this guy has an argument to be a Hall of Famer one day. Hopefully he makes it in. I think he is one of the best uh, offensive linemen over the past 10 years. So here's the thing with Tyron Smith. Over the past three seasons, he's played two games, that was in 2020, he played 11 in 2021, and he played four in 2022. So obviously, this is a reoccurring thing. So we have to prepare for the possibility that Tyron Smith is going to get injured because one thing that he's shown us over the past three seasons is that he is going to miss a significant amount of time. 
I mean, missing 14 games in 2020 and 13 games in 2022, that is a significant amount of time. And he missed six games in 2021. I mean, if we can get 11 games out of Tyron Smith this upcoming season, I would be happy with that. Honestly, I'd be happy with that. It depends what time of the year we get those 11 games, right? Like if we get five out of him in the beginning of the year and then he finishes out the season, I think that that would be a massive W for the Cowboys. But I I just... I want the Cowboys to prepare for the very real possibility that Tyron Smith could be getting injured. You know, I understand why they why they would keep him around. I would I even understand why they're going to start Tyron Smith because when the guy plays, he plays at a very high level. All I'm saying is prepare for the possibility that this guy could get injured. Don't handle it like you handled it last season where, okay, he gets injured in training camp. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to go sign Jason Peters off the street. We're going to go get this guy that trained at left guard all training camp, and we're going to move him to left tackle, which, by the way, shows how great Tyler Smith is because he was able to move from left guard to left tackle after training at, at guard all training camp. So the Cowboys need to prepare for the very real possibility that this guy's going to get hurt. I'm going to repeat that phrase, prepare for the very real possibility. But like, look, when he's healthy, he could play really good football. You know, is he the Tyron Smith that he was back in 2015? No, but I don't even know if there's any left tackles in the league outside of maybe Trent Williams that are playing at the level that Tyron Smith played in 2015. I mean, this guy in back in that 2014-2015 season, that was one of the best seasons that I've seen from a left tackle my entire life. He, he was unreal that season. So I don't think that we're going to see that this upcoming season from Tyron Smith, but that's fine. If you can give me 60% of that, I think that that's, that's more than suitable uh, for this offensive line. That's more than suitable. Um, he played right tackle a lot in 2022. He was okay. He was okay. I mean, he wasn't great by any means. He gave up some sacks this past season, but I mean, he played right tackle. He hasn't played right tackle since 2011. And that's one reason why I love Tyron Smith, because he volunteered to play right tackle. He put his ego to the side and he said, hey, look, I'm coming back. We need a guy to play right tackle. We don't have anybody that can play it. I'm going to do my best, which is why I'm very happy that the Cowboys decided to keep him around. I didn't want the Cowboys to move on from Tyron Smith. I thought they were going to because I think the, the cap hit was just too high, but they were able to uh, you know, renegotiate a contract and now he's on. And here's my thing. If Tyler or Tyron Smith said to them, hey, I want to start this upcoming season, he deserves to say that. Because everything he's done for this team over the course of his career, he deserves to go up to them and say, hey, look, I know health-wise I'm I'm not the most reliable, but from a skill perspective, he could still play. But I, I, I completely uh, understand why he would still you know, want to start for this team because he's taken so many sacrifices for this team over the course of his career. Truly one of the, the just great guys that has walked through this building. So Tyron Smith is a warrior. I salute Tyron Smith and hopefully he can stay healthy for all 21 games or 20 games, whatever we may play this year. And uh, we get this guy a Super Bowl ring. I, I, I really hope me and Zach 
and Tyron. I really hope that we can get a Super Bowl ring for those guys. Let's talk about Tyler Smith. Man, I am impressed with this young man. Uh, what he did last season for this team, training at left guard the entire training camp and then moving to left tackle and doing more than uh, a serviceable job for the Cowboys this past season after Tyron Smith got injured. They were in a bind and Tyler Smith really solved a lot of problems for this team this past season. So I really commend him. This is a guy that was considered raw coming into the league. He put in a lot of work last offseason with guys like Duke Mannyweather. And he was even at Von Miller's pass rush or uh, uh, yeah, pass rush camp. I don't know exactly what he calls it, but he was there. Pass rush summit. That's what he calls it. That's what he calls it. So he was there working with those guys. Uh, I, I'm just a big fan of the kid. Very hard worker. Very smart, well-spoken, very impressive young man, and uh, he's also a really damn good football player. So here's the reason why I believe Tyler Smith should play left guard this upcoming season. When you look at the division, there are some really good defensive lines in this division. You will get, uh, especially on the interior, you'll get Washington, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. You look at the New York Giants, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, even in Philadelphia, I don't think their interior is that strong, but you have Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. So there are some really good defensive lines in this division, especially on the interior. I feel like the interior on the uh, defensive line in this division is way stronger than the uh, edges in this division. And I think you play so many games in your division that you should be building your team for division play. And if we're going to do that, I think that Tower Smith at left guard makes the most amount of sense because who are you going to put at left guard on this team? I don't think that they have a guy that's suitable to put at left guard, but I do think there, there are guys that can play left tackle on this team and the Cowboys will be perfectly fine doing so. So that's the main reason why I think Tower Smith should play left guard. And here's the thing. I am willing to pass on development for Tyler Smith at left tackle for this upcoming season because we are trying to win right now. We're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. And I think that the best course of action for this team since they didn't address that left guard position this offseason is to put Tyler Smith at left guard. And look, he's still a very young player. I mean, he's going to be 22 this upcoming season. So even if you say, hey, you want to know what? We're going to move Tyler Smith to left tackle next season. He's going to be 23 years old when you do that. There are offensive linemen that come into the league at 23 years old. This guy's going to have two years of experience playing on the offensive line in two separate positions when he's 23 years old. So, and, and if that means that ultimately Tyler becomes your left guard of the future instead of your left tackle, who cares? Who cares? The Cowboys really value the interior of their offensive line. So if Tyler Smith's your left guard, it is what it is. And you find a very good left tackle to play next to him. What if Matt Wetzko come, becomes like a player for the Cowboys and he plays left tackle next to Tyler Smith? That's a great thing. That's a great thing. You know, because I don't think you're going to put, well, let's go on the interior. I think he's too big for that. I don't think he's built for the interior of an offensive line, but I think Tyler Smith can do that perfectly fine. So it is what it is. Yeah, I would play Tyler at left guard this upcoming season. I think that this guy could be an all pro left guard in this league. He could be a very, very good left tackle in this league and, and left tackle is a more valuable position, uh, you know, across the league. So there's that. But if you find a guy that could play left tackle at a high level, let's just say like it's an awesome Richards. Maybe he translates to tackle better than he would translate to guard. I know that they're looking to flex him 
uh, you know, in the NFL. They're looking to have him play guard and tackle. But what if he's a better tackle and you have a good tackle there? What if Matt Wetzko becomes a really good tackle? So there are things that you have to take into consideration. I think that they did a better job addressing tackle than they have guard over the past few seasons. So that's something to take into consideration. Um, he's going to play left guard this upcoming season, though, unless Tyron Smith gets injured again, which if that happens, I still don't even know if he's going to play left guard. Maybe they just roll with Matt Wetzko playing left tackle. Maybe they feel more confident doing that. He trained at left tackle at OTAs, and but he trained at left guard at minicamp. So I still think that they're going to train him at left tackle and left guard because I do think they value flexibility at that position. Um, and, you know, if the doomsday situation happens, you can move him from left guard to left tackle, even though I don't like doing it. I don't like moving guys from position to position because then you're doing a two-for-one swap instead of a one-for-one swap. And we all know how important the continuity on an offensive line is. So, yeah, big expectations for Tyler Smith this upcoming season. Let's move on to Tyler Biotich. He is the starting center. He's in a contract year, by the way. So one question that's going to be brought up is should the Cowboys move on from Tyler Biotich or should they pay him? And here's my thing. I don't think that they have a guy in waiting to take that center position away from Tyler Biotich if you were to move on from him, which ultimately makes me think maybe you should pay this guy. But at the same time, I do think that you can ultimately upgrade from this guy, but it wouldn't be somebody on this roster at the current moment. You would probably go have to go out in the draft and spend a pretty high draft pick on that center position. I mean, maybe a first or second round pick if you do plan on moving on from Tyler Biotich. And even then, there's no guarantee that that rookie is going to come in and play as well as Tyler Biotich is. And especially if you're going to draft a center in the first round, you're probably paying him around what you're going to pay Tyler Biotich, but he's a rookie. I mean, granted, that position does translate well into the NFL. If you're telling me that the Cowboys can move on from him and draft a guy that could play like Creed Humphrey in the first round, then I would do it. But at the same time, there's no guarantee that that would happen. So ultimately, I think that you're probably going to have to figure out the contracts with Dak, CD, Trayvon, uh, and Terrence Steele, and then ultimately Micah. I mean, granted, Micah's not up this year, but you're probably going to have to forecast that into your salary cap projections going forward. And then wherever Tower Biotis fits in, if you can afford to sign him, then maybe you, you explore that because I think that this guy is a very solid center. But ultimately, it's going to depend on the price tag. Is he worth 10 plus million dollars a year? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. And especially when you have to sign these big time players to big time contracts, you have to be smarter with the way you move with these contracts. So I like Tower Biotich. I think he's fine, but I don't think there's anything special about the guy. Uh, I think that ultimately he's just a fine offensive lineman. I don't think he takes your offensive line to the next level. He's not one of those Kelsey type players. He's just not. You know, granted, not many people in the NFL are a Kelsey type player. The guy could potentially be in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, solid, solid center. He allowed one sack all year, and it was in the playoffs. That was him coming off that injury from the Tennessee Titans game. Um, Vita Vea got him on, I think it was that first drive or second drive. One of those first two drives where uh, Vita Vea beat him and ultimately sacked Dak Prescott. He played against some really good competition this year, and he had some 
good games against good competition, and he had some not-so-good games. I would say the first game of the season versus Tampa Bay, he did a very good job with Vita Vea, and in the second game versus Cincinnati, he did a very good job against DJ Reader. Those are two of the best nose tackles in football. And then, you know, when he went up against Dexter Lawrence, it was just not good for him. Dexter Lawrence really did some work on Tower Biotic. Um, and uh, uh, Vita Vea, the second time around, did some work on Tower Biotic. Now, granted, you know, Tower Biotic was coming off that ankle injury in the postseason. So that definitely could have affected his play. I don't think that Tower Biotic was 100% ready to go in that Tampa Bay game, but he had to go because it's the playoffs. You know, if you're 80% or 70%, strap him up. Do the best you can. So I do admire uh, Tower Biotic for doing that. But just overall, um, for this year, he'll be fine. Hopefully he continues to improve. This is a guy who's gotten better year in and year out. So maybe we haven't seen the best of Tower Biotic. That would be a very good thing if we haven't seen the best of Tower Biotic. Maybe his best football is ahead. The center position is a position that you can continue to progress year in and year out. You know, it's not a it's not a position where it's like, okay, once you hit this age, like once you hit 30, you hit your ceiling. Like I would I would contend that Jason Kelsey played some of his best football past the age of 32. So sometimes that just happens at the center position. So hopefully that's the case with Tower Biotch. Hopefully we don't have to wait until the age of 32 for him to play his best football. But yeah, ultimately fine player. Uh, I don't have any complaints about the position at the current moment. What else is there to say about Zach Martin? This guy is the best guard in football right now. He could potentially go down as the best guard of all time. He's still playing at a very high level. This is still an all-pro right guard that you have on your football team. This guy has been consistently healthy over the course of his career. I think the most amount of games that he's missed in a season is six. Other than that, he's played around 16 to 17 games in pretty much every season that he's been uh, playing for. So he's 32 years old. Um I mean, it is a bit older for an, an offensive lineman, but I don't think that the Cowboys should be making plans to move on from him anytime soon until he shows that he is starting to decline in his play. I wouldn't even worry about the position, to be honest with you. I really wouldn't. Because if you're 32 years old, you could still play at a high level for another five or six years. Seriously. I think Trent Williams is what? 36 years old, and he's still playing at a high level. Especially when you're an interior lineman as well. You know, um, I think that you could still play at a high level. Zach Martin is as technically sound as they come. This guy is a different player, which is why when we talk about, you know, potentially moving on from him in the future because of declining play, quote unquote, um, I wouldn't even worry about it. Wouldn't even worry about it because this guy has shown you that he is different. This guy is just a different player. So, you know, to me, as long as he's on that right side, I feel really good about that right side. Um, Talk about a versatile offensive lineman. Very good against the pass. Very good uh, uh, run blocker as well. So overall, got no complaints about Zach Martin. This guy is one of the best in the league. There's not much to say about this guy. Let's get into Terrence Steele here. So he's coming off an ACL injury. Now, I want to calm some people's nerves about this ACL injury from Terrence Steele. There is a difference between an offensive lineman having an ACL tear and a wide receiver having an ACL tear because you're using your knees more when you are a wide receiver, right? When you have to dig into the ground, when you're cutting on routes, you know, the knees are more important at that position than, let's just say, uh, an offensive lineman. So when it comes to that ACL tear, I've seen plenty of offensive linemen have ACL tears and uh, return and play at a high level. So 
When it comes to that, I'm not really worried about it. And this is a guy that's in a contract year as well, just like Tower Biotic. I think the Cowboys should just should just store it away. They should just sign Terrence Steele and move on with their lives. I mean, Terrence Steele is one of the better right tackles in football. This is a guy that you got as an undrafted free agent. You need to re-sign this guy because you need to give these undrafted free agents a look at a guy like Terrence Steele and say, hey, if you come in and you bust your tail every single day and you improve and you get in the film room and continue to work, every single day and you get better, you can get paid just like Terrence Steele. You can get reps just like Terrence Steele. You could start just like Terrence Steele. And that's a big reason why I think the Cowboys should sign him because you're not just signing the player, you're signing the person. You're signing what he brings to that locker room. And on top of it, you're signing a really good player as well. I mean, that is the most important thing in this, right? He's a really good football player. So yeah, they should or they should re-sign Terrence Steele. He should continue to be a part of this football team going into the future. And yeah, I think the Cowboys would be smart to do that, especially now coming off that AC injury. You're probably going to get him at a better price. So he should stay at right tackle. He should not move the left guard. It makes no sense. Why are you going to move a guy from the right side of the offensive line who plays tackle to the left side of the offensive line who plays guard? It makes absolutely no sense. Makes no sense. If they want to try it out in training camp or practice or whatever it may be, I think it's a waste of time. I really do. Just keep him at right tackle. Um, if anything, you would want to keep him on the right side of the line and move him to guard. But why would you do that? You have Zach Martin. You know, so... You're going to switch sides and a position. I mean, talk about setting somebody up for failure. I mean, that's what you would be doing with Terrence Steele if you did that. I just think that was just a load of crap that got reported, in my personal opinion. All due respect to the reporter that reported that. He probably got told something. I don't know. I don't know. All due respect because I, I, I still think it's a load of crap that he's going to uh, play left guard because that would make absolutely no sense. I think that Mike McCarthy is a smart guy. I think Mike Solari is a smart guy. And that goes back to what I was saying about playing your best five offensive linemen. It, it doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't to me. Like, yes, you should play the best left tackle on the team. You should play the best left guard on the team. You should play the best center on the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't just play the five best offensive linemen on your team because that doesn't mean that they're the best at their particular positions. I would rather have a guy who's more comfortable in a certain position than a guy who's better at another position playing that position. It does not translate. Like, just because you're a good left tackle doesn't mean you're going to be a good right guard and vice versa. Just because you're a good right tackle doesn't mean you're going to be a good left guard. So, I mean, there is a there is an adjustment period with that. And, and even still, even with the adjustment period, there's no guarantee that you're going to be a good player at that particular position, especially when you've been playing a certain position your entire career. And even just from a skill set perspective, I don't think that Terrence Steele would fit as a left guard, especially when you're talking about the interior of an offensive line. Terrence Steele is a powerful right tackle. I don't think that means he's going to be a powerful guard. There's a difference between the two. So, you know, I... Uh, I would say that Terrence Steele is an above average pass blocker. You know, he is a guy who has improved over the course of his career, no doubt about it. But I think really his strength is in his run blocking. I mean, you talk about um, Zach Martin and Terrence Steele on that right side of the line. That was one of the best right sides in all football, if not the best right side, especially when it came to run blocking. And they, they were moving guys from point A to point B. They were accomplishing... Uh, uh, what they set out to do when those two were on the right side of that offensive line, when it came to run blocking, even pass blocking too. I thought they did a pretty good job. So yeah, that's what I think of Terrence Steele.
Let's talk about Matt Wolatskow. This guy could potentially be the most important offensive lineman on this team. And the reason why I say that is because he's going to be the guy backing up Tyron Smith, right? Like he could potentially be your starting left tackle at one point in this season. At some point in the season, he could potentially be your starting left tackle because we cannot rely on Tyron Smith. I mean, we brought up the numbers, two games in 2022, 11 in 2021, and four in 2022. That's just a lot of missed games. So you cannot rely on Tyron Smith. I think this guy is the backup left tackle, backup swing tackle, to be honest with you. So he could potentially be starting for Terrence Steele day one at right tackle, and then he could potentially be starting at left tackle if Tyron Smith does get uh, hurt. Hopefully he doesn't, but you know, I'm just talking on the realistic possibilities that could happen. So, you know, to me, I think that Matt Wetzko could be a potential future starter in the NFL. Would he be a Tyron Smith type player? No, I just, I don't see that. I have too much respect for what Tyron Smith was for this football team to say that Matt Wetzko can be that. I mean, he could be a potential good starter in the NFL. When we talk about all pro future Hall of Famer, no, I don't see that for Matt Wetzko. He has some valuable uh, traits that could translate into him being a really good, uh, you know, left tackle in this league, but I'm not going to put those expectations on him. I think that you would just be setting yourself up for disappointment if you put those type of expectations on Matt Wolesko. Uh, You know, I went back about a week ago and watched him in preseason versus the Seattle Seahawks. One thing that I saw from me, he's a bit sluggish. Um, I mean, granted, he is he was making that transition from division two football to the NFL. So there is that, but I think that he played well in that game. Like I think he played perfectly fine, you know, and and granted that's something that you can work on. You can work on, you know, being more precise with your movements. If you get with the right offensive line coach. And I think he needs to add some strength as well. I think he needs to add some muscle. There were times where he was getting bull rushed by second, third string defensive ends. So that was something that was a bit concerning, but again, that was his rookie uh, season. He did miss all of last season. I hope that Matt Wetzko does, or he didn't play at all, all of last season. That's that's what I should say. Didn't want to mis- misspeak there. Hopefully Matt Wetzko is in the weight room this off season. Hopefully he spent a lot of time in the weight room because if he can add strength, I think that that would be huge for the development of Matt Wetzko. Um, I think that that's one critical thing that he's missing. But overall, you know, potential future starter, Nice prospect, and maybe you get something from Matt Wetzko. Let's move on to the last offensive lineman I want to talk about, and that's Awesome Richards. So you want to know it's funny. Awesome Richards went to the Haverford School for high school, and my high school played his high school in basketball before. Um, This was when I was a sophomore. We played against Haverford. Now, he definitely wasn't on the team. I know he played basketball in high school, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a few years older than him, so even... I don't even know if we were in high school at the same time together, um, but we definitely weren't in high school at the same time together when I was a sophomore. So it just, just uh, you know, interesting there. I do have a, a rooting interest for Awesome Richards. You know, he he played in the Interact, and I'm I'm hoping that Awesome Richards Richards can turn into a player for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a good prospect, and honestly, I think he slipped to the fifth round because I think there. I, I think. Scouts think that he might have hit his ceiling, right? 
He was a very experienced player in college. He played all four years at North Carolina. He had a lot of snaps. So I think scouts were looking at him and said, and this is probably a guy that's already hit his ceiling. Um, And the way he wins, he doesn't win in the most aesthetically pleasing manner. He's not like a Tristan Wirfs type of guy where he's just going to, you know, beat the hell out of you, pancake you after he's done and stuff like that. You know, he's not like a Quentin Nelson where Quentin Nelson does the same thing. I mean, he, he was crazy when he first started with uh, pancaking dudes. That's not awesome Richards. He's just a guy that just consistently wins. He has a strong anchor. This is a strong, I think he was a strong left tackle in college, which is why I actually think his game probably translates better to guard in the NFL more than it translates to tackle. I think they're going to play him at both positions in the NFL to start. I think they're going to try and use flexibility with him and have him be, you know, a guard and tackle on the next level, at least for right now. Maybe he translates into just one particular position if he does eventually become a starter in the NFL. But I look at him as a left side player. He's a guy that's going to be playing on the left side. So is he a guy that's going to play a lot his rookie season? I hope not. I hope not because I hope this offensive line stays healthy. Do I think he's somebody that's ready to play his rookie season? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to bank on it. If he does play his rookie season, I don't expect high-level play from him. I expect, you know, rookie mistakes from him. I expect him to play like a rookie. But I think ultimately, if the Cowboys continue to mold this guy and ultimately turn him into a guard, because I think that's what he translates better to at the next level, I think that you could have a good player on your hands. So let's talk about the reasons why I believe that the Cowboys struggled in pass protection this past season. I Chalk it up to four things. Because when I look at this offensive line, I say there is talent on this offensive line. There's no reason why this offensive line should have been 29th in the league in pass block win rate. Kellen Moore, I think that that's a big reason as to why that was the case. When we talk about Kellen Moore getting the best out of his guys, he didn't get the best out of anybody. He didn't get the best out of anybody on this team. And that includes the offensive line, which is why they rank 29th in pass block win rate. Just inexcusable. But, you know, I think there are more reasons than just Kellen Moore as to why the Cowboys struggled in pass protection. So when you chalk it up to the fact that it's probably not because of their talent, because they are a talented offensive line unit, you you have to look at the small details. You have to look at the little things that start to add up. One to me was injuries. We went into the season this past season with a starting lineup of Tyron, Tyler, Smith, Tower Biotic, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. That's what we wanted this offensive line to look like come day one. We never had those five on the same field at the same time during a game this past season. And injuries did mount up. And it wasn't just, okay, we lost Tyron Smith. Now, you know, um, we had a majority of our offensive line healthy. That wasn't the case. Like, we lost Connor McGovern in the first game or second game, I believe it was, uh, as well. So, You had injuries continue to pile up on this offensive line, and that was a big reason as to why the Cowboys struggled in pass protection. And spawning off uh, those injuries was continuity issues because the Cowboys believe in playing the best five offensive linemen. That means that they'll switch guys from position to position. They'll do two-for-one swaps instead of one-for-one swaps. And what comes with that is continuity issues. And continuity is big on the offensive line. So if you're not in lockstep with the guy to the left and to the right of you, that could potentially be a big problem. And I think continuity did have a big part to play in as 
and, and a big reason why the Cowboys struggled in pass protection this past season. No screen game as well. They didn't have a screen package. I mean, you saw the Cowboys play or, or have a few plays where they did do screens, but it wasn't anything that was consistent throughout the course of the season. You know, like it wasn't a, a screen game that anybody should have been worried about. They didn't keep the defense honest with their screen game because they barely had one. And when we talk about small details starting to add up because it's not due to the fact that they're not talented, this is a talented offensive line unit. These small things do start to add up. So not having a screen package may not seem like the biggest thing in the world, but again, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. And then I look at down and distance as well. The Cowboys were not good with maintaining down and distance. You saw this team in a lot of third and five plus uh, this past season, when you don't have a screen game to keep a, a defense honest on those specific plays, they're going to pin their ear back. And, and and not only that, when you have an offensive coordinator that likes to keep his guys out on islands, especially when they've shown that they're not capable of being out on an island like that, let's just say a guy like Josh Ball, that happens to be a problem. Like, look, you're going to have games where guys struggle. Like Tyler Smith against the New York Giants in that second game, he struggled in that game. So if you see that your guy is struggling, send some help his way. Send a tight end to that side and have him chip block. Do something to help your uh, uh, your struggling players because not everybody's going to come out and play perfect games. It's just not the case. So when you see that, adjust. And that's one thing that Callum Moore didn't do. He didn't adjust. He stayed stuck in his ways. And again, it's not that Tyler Smith was bad because he wasn't. He was really good. But again, there were games where let's just say a Tyron Smith had a uh, or, or a Tyler Smith had a bad matchup, or let's just say a Tyron Smith on the right side of the offensive line had a bad matchup, or Terrence Steele. Coaching matters, and when you have a, a coach that, like I said, was stuck in his ways and didn't want to help out his players and get the best out of him, that was a problem. So th that's. Those, to me, were the four biggest reasons as to why the Cowboys struggled with pass protection this past season. So I want to get into Craig Carton's comments about Doc Prescott calling him the biggest failure to ever start for the Dallas Cowboys. I think these comments are disrespectful. Um, I just think they're not true either. It's just a horrible take. I mean, this guy just consistently puts forward horrible takes. Um, he then goes on to say that Doc Prescott wants to win every single time he goes out there. He's just not good enough to do it. Hey, guess what, dickhead? No quarterback is good enough to go out there every single time and win. Okay. No quarterback has a perfect record in this league, obviously. I mean, that's just the dumbest thing you can say. And here's the thing. When you call him the biggest failure to start for the Dallas Cowboys, right now in his career, he's as accomplished when it comes to team success as Tony Romo is. When it comes to playoff success as Tony Romo. So even if you want to call him the biggest failure, it's just not true. And there are other starting quarterbacks that have started for the Dallas Cowboys. It's not just Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach, Tony Romo, and Dak Prescott. Like out of those four guys, you can make the case that Dak Prescott, from a talent perspective, is the worst out of those four guys. But I even I think that Dak Prescott is better than Tony Romo. I really do. Like I think he's projecting to be better than Tony Romo. So out of those four guys, if you want to say that Dak is the worst out of those four guys, fine. I understand that that's fair. Tony Romo was a talented quarterback. But to say that he was the biggest failure to ever start for the Dallas Cowboys, it's just not true, man. I mean, granted, look, I am a young man. Uh, pretty much my entire life has been Dak and Tony Romo as the starting quarterbacks for the Cowboys. There was Quincy Carter there. I think Quincy Carter was a way bigger failure than Dak Prescott is. But I don't even think that's right to say, oh, well, this quarterback was a big failure. Because if you get to the NFL, that's not a failure. 
Okay, maybe I'm just looking at that from a holistic standpoint, but even still, it's just not true. And these takes need to be checked. You know, it, it seems like this guy is desperate for views, so he just decides to say some bullshit about Dak Prescott. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, granted, I try not to curse on my program, but it is what it is. You know, like when people say disrespectful stuff like this, words just come out of my mouth like that. So yeah, uh, Craig Carden is a massive dickhead. We all know this. And uh, him saying disrespectful stuff like this is just part of his character. And uh, I don't even say that he's just a dickhead just because of what he said about Dak Prescott. There's some things that he's done. He has a shady past that makes me believe that he is that. And that's a very fitting word for him. So uh, me personally, I don't watch his program. Uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and block all of these shows on Twitter and Instagram, whatever it may be, because... Honestly, they're not worth my time. And I'm even pissed off that I'm even talking about this. But, you know, as Cowboys fans, we need to start hitting back at these people. We need to start hitting back at these people who just constantly rag on us. Okay. It's so funny to me. If the Cowboys win a lot of games this year, they're not going to hear the end of it from me. If you're a Cowboys fan listening to this, you should absolutely rub every win in these guys' faces. Every single win, rub it in their face. Seriously. Because they're rubbing this team's failure in your face. So hit back at them. Don't be afraid to brag. Don't be afraid to be cocky because this is a good football team we have. Okay, they've won 12 games over the past two seasons. They they won a road uh, playoff game this past season. Craig Carton said it. You want to know what's so funny to me? People are like, before this season, Dax never won a road playoff game. He played in one road playoff game in his entire career. Shut up. You don't sound smart. Okay, he's one and one in road playoff games. He played one road playoff game before in which he played really well, in which he put up damn near 270 yards on the Los Angeles Rams, who we saw in that Super Bowl. Tom Brady couldn't move the ball against them. Dak Prescott was the bright spot on the Cowboys that game. Zeke couldn't do anything that game. The offensive line couldn't hold up. And on defense, they give up 273 yards on the ground. Dak showed up that game. So yeah, these, these takes, you know, they're just getting worse and worse. And honestly, they need to be checked. But that's going to be it for the episode though, guys. If you haven't already, please make sure to hit that like button, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever it may be, make sure to follow the show and leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll, we'll see, see you next, next time, time on the, on the Cowboys, Cowboys Beat, Beat Audio, Audio Podcast. Podcast.